Hi, you're listening to Koldo D Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldod.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Father, we pray you open our eyes to behold wonderful things from word. Valerie prayed such a beautiful prayer already, so we say amen to that. Gal Open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. Thank you, Lord, for this great time of worship today. Uh, Adonai and Lion of Judah, and thank you for these amazing days, Lord, that we are in together and the prophetic days that we are in. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen. 
So who knows? A few questions here in this prophecy, uh, this parsha of Noah. What species survived the waters of the flood? Who knows what species survived the waters of the flood? The fish. Yeah, the fish were survived. All the fish survived in the waters. Uh, a lot, a lot, very interesting subject there. Uh, another cute question: What was the name of Noah's wife, the mother of Shem, Ham, and Japheth or Japheth? Mrs. Noah. Mrs. Noah. Very good. <laughs> That's the answer. All right. Uh, some think it was Mabel, but I think it was Mrs. Noah. <laughs> Uh, or some, you know, one of the names given of the 2021 baby names, I looked up, you know, popular, you know, unique baby names given. One baby name was Portabella. So maybe her name was Portabella. That was the, the rabbis. Actually, rabbis, some of the rabbis somehow come up with the name Naama, the, you know, a rabbinic name for, that was the name for Noah's wife. But we don't know. Naama is a beautiful name, you know, but it's not, we don't know her name. It's not given. Uh, and then I have this last one. Does anyone have the name, the brand name of the air freshener that Noah used on the ark? Because you can really patent that and get a lot, make a lot of money. Okay. Genesis 6 through 8. If you turn to that section, Genesis 6 through 8. All right. Come to this meeting. You need to be there. You need to, be, you need to attend this event. You need to support our cause. My project is the most important. If you miss this, you're missing. This is, you, this is critical. This is an emergency. You need to be here. If you don't jump on this train, you'll be left behind. If you don't get on board, you're not listening to God. Ooh, that's a pretty strong judgment. Have you ever been pressured into doing something or to going to something and it could be a great mission and a great, a very important and purposeful event. And once this has ever happened to you, and once you get there, and maybe also afterwards you think, how did I get roped into this? Has that ever happened to anyone? Honestly, has that ever happened? <laughs> I see a lot of people saying, yeah. It's happened to me a number of times. Um, <clears throat> and there's other times I'm grateful. I'm saying I'm really... but. The times when it happened and you said, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? I'm, I could be spending my other time. There's so many things I should be doing, and I'm here. I didn't listen to the Lord. I listened to other people, other voices, but Lord, forgive me. I have to repent. I didn't listen to your voice. I was pressured by other people, and I have to repent. Say, Lord, forgive me. Has that ever happened to you? Really, honestly. It's happened to me. A lot of times, more than I can say. What has God called you to do? He's not called you to do everything. He's not called you to do what everybody else thinks, thinks you should do or ask you to do. One thing is needful. Do the one thing. Luke chapter 10, you know the beautiful story. We can't do everything. We can't do it. Listen, we can't please everybody. You can't please everybody. Noah walked with God. Et, it says, et Elohim. He walked with God. He walked near to God. He walked, it can be translated different ways, but he walked with God. 
not with people first. And that beautiful story in Luke chapter 10, and I'll just turn there real quick and read it. Now, when they were traveling, Yeshua entered the village. They welcomed him uh, to the house. Martha welcomed him to her house. She had her sister called Miriam, and she was seated at the master's feet, listening to his teaching, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. She approached Yeshua and said, Master, doesn't it concern you? My sister's left me to serve alone and tell her, tell her to help me. And he answered it, and he defended her. He answered, answered her and said, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and bothered about many things, but only one thing is necessary. Miriam has chosen the good part for which it will not be taken away from her. One thing was needful for her at that time. And that was listening to Yeshua. One thing, interesting in the Greek, oligon, means, it's interesting, I never knew this, I looked it up, it means little, small, few. Hebrew, we'd probably translate it as aval achat. One thing is necessary. And then it actually in the Greek, it doesn't translate well in the, in the translations, but it repeats it, and one. It says, and one, enos, and one, achad would be, and one, Miriam, for the good part has chosen. She's clearly focused on one thing. And he says, she's done the right thing. She's focused on the one thing. Noah methodically, diligently obeys the Lord. He focused on the one thing that God told him to do, to build that ark, and then to populate that ark. And he, he focused on that one thing. He obeyed, and that was really just obeying the Lord, before, during, and after. Walking with God, 6-9 of Genesis, it says, he walked with God. See it? Then the Lord Said, it says in verse 9, he walked with God. And then in verse uh, 22, and that was, by the way, like his great-grandfather Enoch, or Hanuk, in 524 walked with God. Then preparing or doing, he prepared the ark in 622, prepared, and then in also 75, and then entering the ark, they entered the ark, and then waiting all that time on the ark, and then exiting the ark, and then when he exited, he built an altar. He's obeying the Lord. The word walk is halach. Let's say halach. All right? It means to progress step by step towards the goal. And then he did, it says, so that's in verse, uh, he walked with God, verse not 6, 9, and then he, he did, it says, according to the Lord. He did. And that's create or make. Asa. Let's say asa. Asa. To create or to make. It took maybe up to 120 years to build the ark. And then he entered. They entered the ark. The word bow. Let's say bow. Bow. And that means to come to a place where one belongs. <laughs> I'm still looking here. Well, come to a place where one belongs. Okay. Waiting, let's say yachal, to expect progress, to expect progress. How long were they in the ark? Inside the ark, about a year. Yeah, 12 months, a year. And all that time, waiting, expecting 
progress, though, expecting God's fulfillment. Exiting, then yatsa, yatsa. They came out. They went out of the ark. So obeying the Lord, doing the one thing God has called you. Matthew, follow me. Abraham, lech lecha, go forth. Follow me. Uh, Sarah, tell your husband, tell your hubby to kick out Hagar and her son, Ishmael. He's being too sentimental. Uh, Moses, tell old Pharaoh, tell old Pharaoh, let my people go. Get my people out of here. One thing, do the one thing, the one thing. Joshua with Jericho, Rahab with the spies, Gideon and Elijah and Elisha. Just stay close to Elijah, Daniel, and David. David says, one thing have I asked of the Lord, and I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to meditate in his temple. Psalm 27, verse 4, one thing. Paul, I love Paul when he says in Acts 20 and 21, he says, I'm bound. He's telling the people he's going to Jerusalem. He says, I'm bound by the Spirit. I'm going to Jerusalem. They're trying to tell him, don't go, Paul. You're going to die there. Your life's in jeopardy there. He says, I don't care. He says, I'm ready not only to be bound, but to die for the name of the Lord Yeshua. He says, I'm listening to the Lord, not you. I, this, I've got to go there. I'm bound by the Spirit of God. I've got to go. Acts 20, 22 and 21, 13. And Philippians 3.13, he says, This one thing I do, I press to take hold of that for which Messiah Yeshua laid hold or took hold of me in 3.12 of Philippians. Entrepreneurial success, uh, teachers ha- uh, teach, say this, say that you, you don't need a complex, multifaceted idea to succeed in, in today's market. Uh, This man, Roberts, argues, just pick one thing and do it better than everyone else. Twitter, Instagram, zeroing in on one idea and executing it exceptionally. He says, we spread our energy too thin by going after too many things at the same time. As a result, we don't end up achieving much. He says, I wanted to travel the world and launch a project from scratch. I wanted to write a book and to build a company. I tried to do them at the same time, but of course, that wasn't possible. And then he said, I came on a Russian proverb, if you chase two rabbits, you will not catch either one. And he said that proverb changed his life. Bruce Lee said, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. I like that. Mastery and success come from pursuing one thing and doing that one thing for years. So I ask us, I ask myself, I ask you, what's your one thing? What has God called you to do? Where is your passion? Where has God gifted you? What area do others affirm you in? What do you love and enjoy? God doesn't want you miserable in what you're doing. He's created you to enjoy him and what he's called you to do. doesn't mean there's not going to be tr- difficult times. There will. And, and hard times where you don't enjoy it. But ultimately, you are. We have a limited amount of energy. And if we chase too many things at once, we drown our energy and clutter our minds with chaos, someone said. 
If we learn to direct our energy into one thing at a time, we can go far in that one thing. Your time is finite. You'll have to say no to other good things that are not the necessary thing. It may seem like a small thing, a little thing, an insignificant thing. But what is the one thing? Miriam chose the one thing. He chose the little thing, the small thing. It may seem insignificant. Don't wait to do something great. I'll repeat, don't wait to do something great. Just take a step to do something small. Listen to the Lord, and what you create will be great in his eyes. So here we have a flood. Now, floods have displaced hundreds and thousands. Uh, just last week in Colombia, South America, many dis- hundreds and thousands dis- displaced. Last year, 1,700 people over died in, from flooding in Pakistan. The devastating effects of Category 4 hurricane Eon in, on Florida's southwest coast, as many know, on se- September 28th caused 81 deaths and so much heartache. Uh, and uh, that's not a flood like this, but it's from the hurricane. But thousands have perished through floods in history. China, 1931. Netherlands, 1362. Pakistan, 1841. Even Great Britain in 1607. And a worldwide flood is spoken of in all the records of history of many ancient peoples and cultures. In the New Testament, the New Covenant, Yeshua... Peter and the writer of Hebrews all make mention of it. It's Matthew 24, 1 Peter 3, Hebrews 11. Now, the Genesis account takes place 10 generations after Adam. People had at least 120 years, if it was that long, to change their direction. And we know that from several verses, that, you know, 1 Peter 3, 20, 2 Peter 2, 5, and Genesis 6, 3. They had that time to change the direction. And as with the Passover story, there was only one way of escape, not multiple ways, one way. In the ark or no way. Same thing with Passover. In the house, you're safe. Outside, you'll perish. The next worldwide judgment will not be by water, but will be by what? Fire, very good, by fire. Second Peter 3, chapter 3, talks about that, and it's really a sobering, I mean, I was reading that, looking at that again, it's a sobering picture in Second Peter chapter 3, and you might want to take your time going through it at home. In Hamabul, the flood, Genesis 6 through 8, the world comes to, becomes a massive graveyard, and we see what could be referred to as decreation, the reverse or the undoing of Reshid, of Genesis 1, of the creation. The earth has reached a point of ruination and violence and corruption. Genesis 6, 11 and 12 say it becomes totally irreversible. Shachat in Hebrew means degenerative irreversibility and Hamas committing, it means they committed evil incrementally. Now, God didn't give, you say, well, how did they know evil? God didn't give the Torah until 800 years after, later on, after after the flood. But still, all humanity had a moral compass. 
We know that from the new covenant says that God has written it in the hearts of men, that the, the, the wrath of man is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness in Romans 1.18 through 20, that, that every human being knows, has a conscience to know right from wrong. And that's why God, in the creation, it testifies to God in Psalm 19 and so on. So we know that, Romans 1.18 through 20, Romans 2.15. In 6.13 and 14, it says, Then God said to Noah, as conditions got worse and worse and became irreversible, the end of all flesh is coming before me. Make for yourself an ark. And then verse 5 of chapter 7, Noah did all just as Adonai commanded. And Cain Asad says, yes, he did. Four times, 622, 759, 779, 716. Ken Asad. Ken Asad. Yes, he did. He just followed simply what God said. He just did, said, I'll just do what you've assigned me from heaven, what you told me to do. All the strength that Noah did, where did that come from? The strength came from his faith, from his trust in God. Hebrews 11:7 says, through faith, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith or trust. Emunah in Hebrew, pistuah in Greek. So again, the question to us today, what is God telling me to do? What is God telling you to do? Does it have to make sense? A flood? Rain? What's that? There hadn't been a flood or a rain before. What's that? God doesn't make sense. An ark? What's that? The word used for ark here is only used in the Bible for Noah's ark and one other place, for the basket uh, that Moses was placed in. Why build it? Why go into it? And with all these creatures, people will think I'm crazy. People will make fun of me, he could have thought. Hebrews 11.1 1 says now, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of realities not seen. Not seen. However difficult, however foolish, and seemingly insurmountable, however uncomfortable and unpleasant and formidable, God and you are equal to the task. So just do what you've been given. Just do what we've been assigned. As simple, as small as it may seem, or as foolish as it may seem. I love Colossians 4.17, where Paul says, tell Archibus, the end of his letter, tell Archibus, see to it that you complete the service, fulfill the work that you've been received from the Lord, that you may fulfill it. See that you just do the work that you've been assigned. It's not your business to worry about what someone else has been assigned. It's just what have you been assigned. Yeshua said to Peter, remember when Peter said, uh, he says, follow me in John chapter 21. I think it's 20 or 21. He goes, follow me. And he says, what about him? What about this guy? And he says, don't worry about him. You follow me. You worry about following me. You do what I've told you to do. It's not that hard. It's only hard if we try to do what others are telling us to do rather than what God is telling us to do. It's only hard if we try to do what others, try to copy what others are doing, rather than what God's called us to do. Because you're not called to do what someone else is doing. You don't have to do what someone else does. You don't have to be, you say, I don't have that talent. You don't have to have that talent. I'm not so, that's okay. God has given you something to do that no one else has, can do. And you can do it better than anyone else can do it. Because God's made you differently. 
So do what God's given you to do, and don't worry about, let everyone else worry about what they're supposed to do. Just be, the problem is when we listen to other voices rather than the Lord's voice and try to do too much and what he's not called us to do. So is judgment on America coming? Did it begin on 9-11 as Rabbi Jonathan Kahn spoke in his, and I haven't read them, but I've glanced through them, and I know him and respect him, love him. Uh, as he said in his Harbinger books, I believe he's right. Russia, what about Russia? Oh, my goodness. Nuclear war. China, Iran. Ezekiel 38, 39. Rabbi Khan says the only hope for America, the only hope America has is revival. Without that, the nation is lost. The hour is late. We need to remind ourselves that this is not our home. This is our mission field. And I'm not for running to the mountains and hiding, by the way. This is our mission field. We're not here to worry or live in fear. We're here to spread the gospel and shine his light. And we need to remind ourselves that no matter what is going on around us in the world, it's not the final story. The last word belongs to God. We are each bound we are each bound for heaven if we know the Lord. While we're in this world, our job is to bring as many people as possible to get there with us. I'm still quoting Rabbi Khan here. Isn't that great? I love that. That's where I am. That's what I believe. And by the way, if God's called you to go somewhere and help you know, rescue people and, and save well, That's different. And, and prepare something to help people. Do what he's told you, to do, told, you, told you to do. But we are here to help people, bring people into the ark. We're here to help people come to know the Lord, to bring people, get people to heaven with us. And Mabul, and let's say Mabul for flood, Mabul, in 717, comes from the root Yaval, not Naval, like most commentators surmise. And Yaval means to bring home, to bring home. Adonai's purpose for the flood ultimately was to decreate so he could recreate, to undo so he could redo. Let's start over again, God's saying, beginning with you few. As he spoke to wayward Israel through the prophet Ezekiel, He said, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Return, shuv, shuv, return, return from your evil ways. Why will you die, O house of Israel? Ezekiel 33, 11. Ultimately, the Lord is being patient toward you, Peter says, not wanting anyone to perish, but for all to come to what? Repentance, 2 Peter 3.9. For he desires all men, all people, all men and women, to come to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. 1 Timothy 2.4. He wants to bring us home. He wants to bring us home. Mabul. Yabal. Father, we just thank you for this lesson from the flood of Noah, Lord. And we thank you for Noah's faithfulness to you. 
We thank you for your desire to bring us home, everyone home, ultimately to heaven. We know it's a remnant. We know it's, it's not that many will be lost, Lord, that reject it. But we thank you, Lord, that many can be saved and that you, you have a way of escape, the ark, out of this mess, out of, this, out of judgment, through the waters. So help us, Lord, to do our part. Help us to be a light. Help us, Lord. And help us to find our place to know what, we, what you've assigned us, Lord, to do. And it may be a one thing now. It may be a one thing, a different thing years from now. But a one thing right now, Lord, at this moment, not to try to do what others are doing or telling us to do, but what you're telling us to do. And you may use other people to tell us, but, but Lord, help us to do what you called us to do. Father, hear your voice. We thank you and praise you, Lord, that it, even if it seems small, it's not. It's great in your eyes if it's being faithful to you like Noah was. Through all the, diff- through all the, long, time, the long stay on the ark, through all the long preparing, through the long stay, and through until he could come out and start anew. If you've never received Yeshua, there's a simple prayer that you can pray in your heart right now. Say, Lord, rescue me. Lord, help me. I want to come into the ark of safety. I want to come into salvation. I want to know you. Lord God, I receive Yeshua today. Receive me, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Make me new. Lord, give me a new start. Thank you for loving me. And if you're praying that prayer, please contact us. Let us know so we can be in contact with you and help you in your start of your new walk with the Lord. You have a new God, a new living relationship with a creator who loves you and a savior who loves you, and, and you can walk with him in newness of life. <laughs> Isa Adonai panave lecha viasem lecha shalom. Bishem Yeshua hamashiach sar ha shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the ruler of peace. Amen. 